0: Hi, I'm Tariye.
1: And I'm Sophie Hannah, and I want to welcome you to episode 46 of Ethnically Speaking, the show where we discuss everything affecting the UK's highly melanated communities from current affairs to pop culture and everything in between. Now we are very excited because today we are joined by another fresh face hoping to permanently join us here on the panel. So I want to give a very special welcome to Fairy Queen Tatiana. Hi everyone. So for those who are watching and listening, Tatiana, and they don't know you, what is a little bit more that you could tell us about yourself? Well, Your Majesty's in the building. I
2: am Fairy Queen Tatiana. I work in EDI, so Equality, Diversity and Inclusion. I have my podcasts uh, called um, Fairy Queen Talks and I'm just, you know, a fun loving girl who lives here in Nottingham.
1: So we're very excited to have you on the show today. We have Tatiana and Tarier joining us for the next few episodes. You know we always keep it 100. And today we're going to be talking all about the complex case of Shamima Begin. Now in 2015, a teenage Shamima Begum left the United Kingdom to join the Islamic State group in Syria. She lived under IS rule for over three years until she was discovered in a Syrian refugee camp in early 2019. Shamima said that she wanted to return to the United Kingdom, but the then Home Secretary Sajid Javid stripped her of her British citizenship based on, well the grounds were, national security. Now, last year, the UK Courts of Appeal ruled that Shamima Begum was able to enter the United Kingdom in order to fight the citizenship decision because they said she could not effectively fight it in the Syrian camp. However, the Home Office appealed that decision and last week the Supreme Court anonymously ruled that Shamima Begum would not be allowed to re-enter the United Kingdom to fight her case. So, my question is, do you think that Shamima Begum should be allowed to enter the United Kingdom or was the government right to strip her of her British citizenship?
3: Okay, so I like to regard myself on the show as the permanent fence sitter because I never really pick a specific side with particular arguments and that's because I usually can see both sides of the coin and I'm not particularly moved by by either side strongly enough to pick one um, and it's a little bit like this with this Shamima situation because I can see both sides of the coin here. I can see why the Home Appeal, made, the, home appeal the Home Office made their decision against the Appeal. And I can also see the issues it is with stripping somebody off their citizenship. So it's a little bit difficult for me. I don't really have an opinion at the moment. And that is probably a little bit unpopular, but it's my truth. I just don't. Um, <laughs> I, I really just don't. But maybe some of the arguments that you lovely ladies have, may help me to pick a side, maybe may not. Um, But I think the issue is bigger than just Shamima because I think they're almost using her as an example. And so if we were to talk about it more generally, then I'd say, yes, we have a lot of issues in regards to um, minorities in this country and and their specific rights when it comes to nationality and citizenship and then also grooming of underage girls. So there's a lot more to unpack. It's a bit of a complex situation.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. And um, the thing... The thing that had me um, initially quite worried about the whole Shamima issue was um, the precedent I thought it was going to set, because um, it's against international law to render a person stateless. Now, the British, like the Home Office, the Home Office had said, that Shamima was also a Bangladeshi citizen and therefore by stripping her of UK citizenship she wouldn't be rendered stateless but then the Bangladeshi government actually came forward and said she is not one of our citizens we operate as a different system of citizenship um here meaning that it, it's um it's called just solely meaning that you have to be born to a Bangladeshi citizen within Bangladesh, like on Bangladeshi soil itself. And because Shamima was born in the UK, Bangladesh does not recognize her as ever having been a citizen. So that's where the complication then starts to arise. And also, I personally think that she should be allowed to return um, A, to be held accountable, but also B, in terms of what her case can do for um, teaching us about radicalization and having a more effective framework of combating radicalization of girls, of boys, of of so many youths. Because it's something like, I'm not sure how many hundred people from the UK have since gone to join IS, but... The Home Office and the intelligence services have all been very concerned about young people getting radicalized through social media and so I feel as though not seizing on this opportunity to take- to learn what we can, to glean what we can from her case is kind of shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit because Okay, it might have been too late for her, but there are how many other people who are going down the same route that she went through, who are going down the same route as her, who are also going to fall through the cracks. And this is going to keep happening until we find a more effective way of combating it, I think. So that's more or less where my head is at on the on the whole issue.
2: Thank you, Thierry. And My thoughts are, in terms of her being stateless, I think it's very unfair for people who are born British citizens, because if you have any links to a different heritage, or in her case, she's Bangladeshi um, descent, she is therefore classed as someone who could have a potential different citizenship. So because she has, or is a woman of colour, she is now being put stateless because British uh, government feels that she can gain another citizenship. So they're kind of passing on the problem of uh, her issue. Now, in terms of her coming back to the UK, I feel two ways about it because one, she's seen as the enemy of the state because she went to join IS. So that is a problem in itself. However, she hasn't got the opportunity to have a fair trial. And because she hasn't had that opportunity, I think she should be able to now we live in a COVID world, we are able to have trials online. Maybe she is able to have the trial online if they don't want to bring her to the UK. But if they do bring her to the UK, it must be in most highly security because we don't know where she's at, but we do understand from what she's saying and from her lawyers that she is um, feeling sorry or repenting of what she's done. But she's still going through a state of being de-radicalised. So she doesn't feel bad for what she's done but she sees that the situation back in Syria is not good for her and because she's only known Britain and she's a British citizen she should have the right to have the trial here in the UK and also to be placed or I don't know how I can say this but she should have the right to have the trial in the UK and if it's If she has a try on the UK, it should be with high security. That's what I would say. If she is still seen as the enemy of the state. Mm.
1: Well, you ladies have said a lot to be honest, you've touched on various things that I wanted to say But I, for me, 100% I think that Shamima should be allowed back into the country um, I think this whole thing around her being Bangladeshi is a lie <laughs> She was not born in Bangladesh, she's not recognised by Bangladesh And I think that the Home Office, I don't even think that they're trying to pass her off on, on Bangladesh So I don't think that they really care because they know that she is now stateless because Bangladesh won't accept her the UK won't um, accept her and it's against the law for someone to have no country that they belong that they that they belong to it means that they don't have certain protections that every human being should have and I think with this whole thing around um, the fair trial which you touched on Tatiana 100% you can't get a fair trial she the, her lawyers are not allowed into the Syrian refugee camp so they can't consult with her and that's why they're saying she needs to come over and they're setting a very dangerous precedent now in terms of you know she can't get a fair trial and the, the law has said well we'll look into her case of citizenship um, once she's ready to start or when, she, when she's ready to um, start the case but she can't start the case. You've put her into a legal loophole because she can't get her lawyers in. She can't really communicate with them. So how will the trial even start? They've done this so that they don't even have to explore it anymore. And they've kind of washed their hands of her and left her in the refugee camp. And I think it just makes me very upset. It makes me really upset because people who have gone to IS or Islamic State have come back to the United Kingdom. They say it happens Mm -hmm. a lot less. In this part of Europe But in other parts of Europe They accept people back Who've gone to IS And they've gone a de radicalization programme They restrict their movement Their identity cards their, um, their passports While they try and work with them um, So them saying that She's a national security risk No more than anybody else Who we've accepted One woman They could keep an eye on her with the amount of technology that we have, if you really believe she was a security risk, but she deserves a fair trial as everybody does, then you would know and find ways to keep her protected and to make sure that she wasn't planning anything with anybody when she came back or that she was a danger. Um, and I think as um, as Anissa said, they just making an example of her and showing people, this is why you don't go to IS. This is what we'll do to you.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, I think that, the the uk government in in washing their hands of her has kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit because i was watching an interview that she gave to a a bbc reporter who had gone to to get her side of the story and he was saying well how how can you even come back you were an is poster girl and she had said they used my image and were putting me front and center in front of the cameras, on social media, on everything else. I didn't ask for any of that. And so she, so I, my fear is that this case and what is happening to her and her treatment and the hands of of, of the British government and the Home Office is going to more or less give I give IS an extra avenue of propaganda because IS is isn't really a state they're more like a cult and the way a lot of cults work and because we've all seen this you know we all watch the documentaries and stuff just just glued to the tv thinking oh but why didn't this person leave why didn't they want to leave this is how cults function we see we've seen it with so many cults throughout history of they function by weaponizing people's need for community and need for family and need of belonging against them. And that's how they get them to act in ways that they normally wouldn't do, in, in ways that they wouldn't even think to if they had that support and care at home. And the thing is, a lot of cults um, like to keep their members beholden to them and afraid of leaving or going back home by saying, well, your family wouldn't want you now. Look at everything you've done. And so I'm just worried that by not accepting her, by by more or less using her as a kind of scapegoat, as an example, by the home office, it's more or less going to turn her into a kind of secondary like propaganda machine for IS because they can just turn around and say, You see how they treat her? Like, why would you go back? Why should you come back? Look at how they are treating her. There'll be no mercy for you. There'll be no anything for you. So you might as well stay here.
3: Um, Tariot, I think you brought up great points in regards to it being used as an example in another way as well. And that's, I guess, what the danger of this situation is. I feel like it gives. A lot of people, whether whatever side you're on, whether you're on the British side or the IS side, reasons for anything to fuel whatever agenda that they want to have or whatever narrative they have, it gives them, it gives everyone a reason. And that's why I was like, the situation is so complex if I'm looking at it specifically at Shamima's situation. But if I'm looking at it as just a general human situation, it is a little bit like... Well, why would your own country turn your back on a young girl who was obviously groomed, has, who was obviously been through incredibly traumatic situation, and it's not like she has this where she currently is isn't her home? She doesn't have family there; like she's all alone. So, why you would why wouldn't you take her back? And so, for me, the question that kind of circles in my head was: if Shamima was, I guess, quote unquote, an English born, like her parents were English. And they were and they were white and she'd been radicalized but had decided to come home. Would they have made the same decision? Like that's that's what like continuously swells in my head. Now, obviously, there might be the argument, but she has no other country to belong to apart from England, but you can put the same argument for Shamima She doesn't uh, she doesn't belong to Bangladesh, so she doesn't have another country to come home to. So that's what I was like, I can see so many sides of the coin, it's kind of really difficult, but I don't like how they are almost like. I think a lot of people are seeing the situation as this was obviously a young girl that was groomed. However, I think the way that they're trying to paint it is this was a young girl who knew what she was doing and she wanted to act out. And I don't like the fact that they are, like she obviously has to take responsibility for what she's done, but it's almost like they're putting a different kind of responsibility on her, which I don't think is fair.
1: I 100% agree with you, Anissa, <clears throat> because yes, there's some responsibility to take, but she was 15. Yeah. Like, no one is trusting a 15-year-old to make a life decision of this magnitude. We would not do it. We, would, we don't ask 15-year-olds to decide whether they want to get married because you're like, you haven't even gotten to the peak of your reasoning skills. This is what Shamima Begum did. She went on her sister's passport. She wasn't stopped at border control in the United Kingdom, but let's not pick that up because they should have. But she went over there as a child who was groomed and indoctrinated. And now we're saying, well, you made your bed, you need to lie in it. I'm just like, no, she was actually a child. She was vulnerable. She was abused. And now we want to say that she's got nothing to do with us. And I think it's very interesting the point that you said about if it was an English girl, because I 100% agree with that. But Mm -hmm. white people in this country... Exactly the same. You go back a few generations and they are not probably everlasting to this country or every single one of their um, ancestors had lived in the United Kingdom. But we're more willing to accept that because they're white than they must be British. But Shamima, well, she's Bangladeshi. I'm just like, if she goes to Bangladesh, she's not recognized. I'm what? Second and third... Second, no, first and second generation Jamaican in this country or of Jamaican descent in this country. I would probably cast myself as British. But if I go back to Jamaica, they're not accepting me as Jamaican. Like, it's not going to happen because they're going to be like, you're British. The same thing for Shamima. She's not going to be recognised as Bangladeshi. But in the UK, we like to play really fast and loose with what people's heritages are. Oh, well, because you're black then, so where are you from? Like, no, I'm from here. Mm-hmm. I'm from here. Sophie, just, you just put a
2: point. That uh, Shamima, she is obviously um, visibly a minority ethnic group and she has a different treatment. But I think the difficulty with this case is that she didn't go on holiday or she didn't go and join a fan club, but she went to join an enemy of the state or considered enemy of the state. And I think the UK has to do a better education on citizenship to understand what does it mean to be a UK citizen? Because when a person acts out uh, against the state, I think it's very difficult to bring them back. So I think because she is not white British and then also because she went to join IS, it makes it very difficult for the public opinion to accept her back to the UK because she went against the values of democracy, You know, tolerance, all that, all those things. So it makes it very difficult for the public to accept her. So I feel two ways about this, but I understand that she should have the right to come back to, for, to have a fair trial and also to, to plead her case. And the UK should take responsibility over her because she is a part of Britain and not Bangladeshi.
1: Tatiana, I think that's such a great point. And I think one that I would ask off the back of that is, what makes someone an enemy of the state so when someone commits a crime in this country and then goes against the laws of this country by breaking it is that not somebody who has also contradicted the laws of state and the values and i'm i say very loosely the moral values of this country because it's all when people say the values of a country or the morals of a country it's usually very difficult to pin down what that actually is but Mm -hmm. in someone committing a law committing abuse against somebody killing somebody stealing Stealing from the government Stealing money Like aren't these also people Contradicting the laws of this country Yet we're happy to put them in prison But Shamima can't even come here To get a fair trial
2: That's true And that's why I think They should house her perhaps In a prison And go through the legal system However they haven't actually found Any crimes besides her joining IS So if that's grounds on her Being in prison Then at least she should have I wouldn't call it privilege, but the right to be in prison here in the UK, opposed to be left stateless in Syria.
0: And um, I just want to bring up the point that human rights do not get to be selectively applied. This is the thing. It's like, as a country... You can't stake your international reputation on representing democracy, freedom, human rights, all of these things that we love to say are part and parcel of British values, but then pick and choose who you apply them to. So I'm sorry, but if you really want to be in the human rights game, that applies to someone that even might be your enemy. I'm sorry, but it does. It's just going to have to. And yeah, we don't like it and it it's not good for the public opinion, but as a, but if we're thinking purely in terms of statecraft, in terms of what we think a government should do and how a government should act with regard to its citizens and breaking, and when citizens break the law and everything else, like there is a reason, there is a reason certain interrogation methods are illegal. There is a reason we don't put people in concentration camps. All of these things are illegal because we believe in human rights. So how can a country that says that goes? so far to say how invested in human rights and democracy and these are what British values are then suddenly turn around and say oh but not for you because we don't like you and also I'm I'm personally very <laughs> shall we say exhausted with um the selectiveness with which Britishness gets to be applied because because Sh- Shamima she ain't Bangladeshi, I'm sorry, she's not. Bangladesh has even come and said, excuse me, we don't know her. She's not one of our citizens. She holds no passport here. We don't recognize her, okay? They don't have dual nationality like they do with other countries. They have said, she is not one of our own. Like, So she ha- they have said it unequivocally. She is not a Bangladeshi citizen. She was born here in the UK. She is a UK problem. But for whatever reason, lots of people like to only selectively apply Britishness if you're brown or black or if you're of a hue that they don't think is congruent with Britishness or what they think Britishness is or should be and quite frankly I'm just I'm just tired of it and also I'm um this is a thing this is a phenomenon that we're seeing over and over and over again of who gets to be vulnerable who gets to be a victim who gets to be seen as a child and the fact of the matter is We might not like to admit it, but it's very true. And it's a very real fact of a lot of our lives. And that is women and girls of color tend to suffer under adultification, meaning that people will perceive us as older than we are and hold us accountable for things as if we are grown women when we're only like 15 years old, putting responsibility for things on us when we are still only children. She was 15 years old. The prefrontal cortex isn't even done developing until you're 25 damn years old. So I don't understand why we're suddenly, (laughs) why this is suddenly a question because I'll be honest with you right now, if it was was a white girl that had been groomed and was now part of a cult or anything else, they'll be all, watch how all of the compassion would suddenly say, oh, oh, but it's not her fault. She was groomed. She was brainwashed. She was part of a cult. Okay, fine. So why can this not apply to Shamima? Is what I don't is what I'm struggling to comprehend, shall we say?
2: Yes, Tari, oh. I I would only sorry I would only no, say that be- people don't believe when that she's sorry because on the interviews that she's delivering, people don't see or feel the remorse. People mm. just see her like, oh, I don't feel bad for what I did, uh, but I'm sorry that for the people I've hurt, and I just want to come back home. So people don't feel that like she understands what she's actually done. And there has to be a level of accountability because she did choose to go and lots of people do not believe that she was groomed. So the public opinion is very against her. And I think that's why it's so difficult to speak about this case because it's we. I see her as a young girl who made a choice that impacted her whole life. But now she's paying the price in the worst way because now she has to live in a, in a camp and has, I would say, no, no future anywhere.
3: Mm. Yeah, just to um follow on what you said, um Tatiana, Tatiana, um I find it I find it difficult because I understand that the British public have the thought like they haven't seen her do Justin Timberlake Crimea River, so they're not feeling like remorseful for her. However, it's kind of like if she did that to me, it would be very performative. Like I don't need you to do that for me to to understand if you're remorseful or not like I need to do that see that either by change the behavior etc etc like I wouldn't want to see you cry but unfortunately the such society and where we're in they do want to see you cry and do all those things to show how genuinely remorseful she is um I do understand where you're coming from about maybe she wasn't groomed um I feel like maybe then even influenced is definitely the word because I think when you're at that age like if you could make great cognitive decisions at that age, they'd allow you to vote at that age. Do you know what I mean? That they don't think that you are capable of making such strong political decisions at 15. So you almost have to apply that in the same situation. But I'm like you, I see both sides. It's so complex. It's really difficult because on a human level, I'm just like, this is a 15 year old. Like clearly she wasn't thinking straight and whatever she's done now, like she has to live with the consequences and maybe she's not remorseful because she's, she's traumatized like she's been living in, under the isa and her husband has been killed three of her children have died like at that point if i was living in warfare war zone i probably don't have any more tears to cry like i'd be done at that point so I, so it's just like i can just see every side of the coin that's why it makes it so difficult for me no
2: you bring a fair point oh sorry go on uh, sophie
3: no, go, ahead, go
2: and ahead I think you bring a fair point And also the environment she's in She can't be crying Because once the cameras are gone She is living under IS state. So it's a difficult yeah. position for her to actually respond So I can understand why she's not showing remorse Because she's living under the rule So she can't really She has to play it really smart
3: Very smart
1: mm. I guess my thing is like and this might sound a bit controversial but why does she need to appear I was gonna say that I don't agree I don't agree with what Shamima's done I don't agree with her going off but again I can't blame her because she's a child I have a 15 year old niece and no matter how intelligent she might be for her age someone would have groomed her like they're not adults like you we've all been 15 and if we had to carry some of the life choices that we made then till now like we wouldn't want to do that for our own children so when people say Shamima knew what she was doing or she wasn't groomed I don't know how she could not be groomed when she was a child like she can't enter a contract she's not allowed to drink like (laughs) like but we're saying that she was making a, a fully informed decision at that age and I think I don't see why she needs to be sorry she's just a citizen of the country it's just the facts like Why does she need to be sorry in order to to claim her citizenship or for us to feel like she's worthy to enter? She was born in the country and when we start picking it down to or people in general saying she doesn't look remorseful then what does that mean for other black and brown people in this country when we stand up and protest? or when we say that we're not happy with something or when we do something that's wrong or we might break a law and they're like you weren't sorry about it therefore your citizenship should be taken like i don't i don't think they equate if someone is your child she's a child of the country if you're someone's child you're just a child whether you've done whatever you've done you're just a child so when she comes back put her in prison tell her she needs to answer for it but Throwing her out because they're saying that she wasn't remorseful, it just doesn't really make sense. Sorry, me.
3: sorry, not to just jump in, Sophie. I do hear you on that. <laughs> I honestly do hear you on that, but I do think she needs to be sorry. I, I, I honestly do feel like she, no, I'm so sick. I really think she needs to be sorry because at the end of, but to please us, or no, no, to, no, to just, her like to, the thing is, I think she should be, sorry. but in order to, if... no, I think she needs to be genuinely sorry. And I think the reason, and this is why I see both sides of the coin, I think a part of people. Believing her taking accountability for her decision is for them to be able to hear an apology and accept an apology. You know, like people try to, you know, people hold people accountable in so many different ways, and I think the Britain's way of holding her accountable is that she needs to be remorseful for what she's done. Whether she is or she isn't, you know, is another thing. But I do think, I personally do think she needs to be sorry. Sorry, and and Lisa, do you think? I'm so sorry, guys. I'm gonna
1: be real okay. quick. Do you think if... This is to everyone. Do you think if Shamima had shown remorse, they would have
3: let her in? They wouldn't
0: have. No, no. Because I don't (laughs) think they would
3: have. I I still don't think it would have. Like, I don't think it matters to them either way. I just want her to be personally sorry. That is it. I want her to be personally sorry, but I think even if she boo-hoo-hooed, it would have made no difference,
0: honestly. Okay, so why does she need to be sorry if then it makes no material difference, Anissa? Like, I, I,
3: she I, she get the same. Just in I, general, so sorry.
0: Okay, yeah. but so does anybody else who breaks a law, and none of them are rendered stateless as a well. result.
3: And the they thing should be is,
0: sorry as well. I, I, of course, they should be. But the thing is, I would argue that it doesn't make any difference whether or not we think she should be sorry or whether she should be sorry or not because so many people seem to get hung up on the whole conversation of should she be allowed to come back it's as if they think that everyone who thinks she should come back is saying oh you know what let's just put her up in a five-star hotel and give her a nice easy ride of it and not hold her accountable and and not have any criminal proceeding that's not what we're saying we're saying okay we're a country of law and order okay then bring her back to face that law and order if if we're if we're really all about it you know
2: I think uh, I agree <laughs> with your point Tarie. however public opinion does you know if she was showing that she was remorseful public opinion would sway more to her side and right now the public opinion is totally against her so although it may have not made a difference into how legally she would be actually allowed back in the country but if people felt sorry for her if she showed remorse then the public conversation around her wouldn't be as negative and would be more in her favor and therefore influence what the government will do because if the people if the public vo- voice is we want her back then pub- uh, government will be more willing to do that but it can make a small difference. I'm not saying it's going to change everything completely, but if the public is behind her, she has more chances to come back.
0: Respectfully, I'm going to have to disagree. Oh, sorry, Sophie. (laughs) Um, Respectfully, (laughs) I'm going to have to disagree regarding the the point of the remorse or anything else because here's what I'm going to say. And it... (sighs) The fact of the matter is, are we gonna pretend like white people need an excuse to feel sorry when they see a bunch of insurrectionists storming the US Capitol? Because out came all of the excuses. Well, you know, they had all of these economic anxieties. And, oh, well, oh, it's not that. It's because of Trump. They were all brainwashed. Out it came. This mass need for hum- human hum- humanizing their, um, their violence. Like, how many people died in the storming of that US Capitol and out came all of the pleas for forgiveness and remorse and everything else? None of them! Uh, the vast majority of those people were not sorry at all. So I don't understand why we must need the person to feel remorse because the fact of the matter is the public is remarkably fickle and we don't need that much of an excuse. And also, I'll be honest, um, I feel like as a public, the British public, demands so much more in the way of, um, mining grief and suffering and remorse from people of color. And I think that's an extension of what this is vis-a-vis the whole Shamima situation.
1: Do you know, I think this was always going to, like I said, when we introduced the show, this is a very complex case and I think it makes it more difficult because there is such, um, tension between people and Islam Mm. because of terrorist attacks that happen. People want to lump them together and it doesn't help that she went to Islamic state because it brings up those tensions and the fears that people have that are unfounding in a lot of the areas. But I wish we could talk about this, ladies, but we actually, we don't have any more time. (laughs) So I want to say thank you for watching and listening to Ethnically Speaking, but let's keep the conversation going. We want to know what you think. Do you think that Shamima Begum should be let back into the United Kingdom? Please let us know your answers down below in the comments. And if you want even more of us, please click the link in the description to subscribe to our email list for access to Extra Ethnic, which will be delivered direct to your inbox. Once a week. I want to say a big, massive thank you to our amazing co host. Fairy Queen Tatiana and Tarie Peterside. If you want to catch up with them on Instagram, you can at Fairy Queen Tatiana, one word, and at Tarie Peterside, again, one word, to see what they're up to when they're not on the show. Now, if you want a summary of everything we've talked about today, head on over to unitedmelaningroupcom forward slash ES046, the link will be in the description. And if you've been watching us on YouTube, don't forget to give us a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so you don't miss a thing We're going to be seeing you again on Monday Where we're going to be talking about Sex being used as a weapon in a relationship Guys, you don't want to miss that episode But until then Make sure you wear your mask Wash your hands Keep your distance And always stay